You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Good afternoon and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition of our Transfer Talk show, we're going to be bringing you up to date with the latest reports, rumours, doing the rounds with regards to the mighty Arsenal. Uh, there's a few stories that we're going to talk about during this edition of the show. We're also going to take some of your comments and some of your questions from the live chat with regards to the subjects discussed and anything else that you want to talk about Arsenal related. This is the first of two live podcasts coming your way today. Uh, we're also going to be uh, joined a little bit later on by Mike Stavrou of the Metro and uh, we are going to be looking ahead to the new season. Of course, that'll be done with the caveat of the transfer window isn't shut yet, but we're going to try and come to some conclusions about how Arsenal's season might go. That one will be live on the YouTube channel at 6.30pm UK time, and it will be available in podcast format from first thing on Thursday morning, if you prefer to consume the content that way. Uh, we're also going to be bringing you a fantasy Premier League special, and I want to get this out of the way, actually, before I forget to do it. Uh, we have re-ignited, uh, whatever you want to call it, renewed, I think is the term they use on the website, the Chronicles of Aguna Premier League Fantasy League. The link is in the description below. If you click on that, on that link and you're already signed into your Fantasy Premier League account, it will join you up automatically. If you played last year, then I think it will just bring you straight back in the league, but you need to uh, maybe go in and click renew if you have any issues with the link. And of course, the league code is also in the description. So come and join us. Let's play the game together. It makes the Premier League a bit more fun, makes you take interest in games that maybe you wouldn't have ordinarily. Um, I normally forget about it after three, four weeks and end up bottom of the table because I haven't done my team. But for the first few weeks, at least, I do play it quite seriously. And hopefully this year I can maintain it throughout the campaign. Uh, let's say some hellos uh, to those of you in the chat. Big hello to Nikomo, uh, to Mark, who says, hello, Harry, some good news today, please. Um, I I can't promise you that I'm going to bring you good news uh, because I'm just relaying the reports that are doing the rounds, unfortunately. Um, and with Arsenal, it seems to be as pointed out by Junior Gunner in the chat, lots of openings of talks, getting in contact with the clubs, inquiries, agreeing personal terms, but not much happens beyond that, at least at the moment anyway. Big hello to Zeb, uh, to Albi, to Bad Boy, uh, to Kebab, to Lewis, uh, to Ben, uh, to Josh and to Tebow. If you've got... Um, if you've got your, uh, your your questions in mind, hold fire on those. And once I update you on the stories that we just want to touch on, uh, then I will come back to those. So hold fire on the questions for now. Let's kick off with uh, the build-up to the Premier League season. Now, the Premier League season is just around the corner. Arsenal in the Premier League curtain raiser. They take on Brentford at the Brentford Community Stadium on Friday night. And a couple of you have been asking me via social media when... Uh, Mikel Arteta is going to face the press for the first time. When is his press conference ahead of that Brentford game scheduled to take place? It is taking place first thing 
tomorrow morning. So that's first thing Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. is the time that's been given for that. So we'll bring you reaction to that press conference and we'll bring you a summary of it shortly after its conclusion. Uh, so make sure you have your notifications turned on for that and uh, we'll bring you up to date. Right, let's kick off with the big story or the biggest story, I guess, which is in relation to a player that we've been linked with all bloody summer long. And that is Martin Odegaard. Now, I've told you guys time and time again throughout the summer that he is Arsenal's priority in that attacking midfield position. Up until now, Real Madrid's stance has been uh, quite strong on this, that they're not going to sell him. Then we heard that Price was named. Then we heard that they're not going to sell him again. Then, of course, there was the injury to Tony Kroos, which a lot of people feel would prevent Real Madrid allowing Martin Odegaard to move on as he brings some creativity to that Real Madrid midfield. But there are rumbles coming out of Spain and reports coming out of Spain over the last 24 hours or so, suggesting that actually Martin Odegaard himself is going to push for the move and Real Madrid are open to the possibility of letting him go. What's that going to cost Arsenal? I'd imagine it's going to cost us around about 40 to 42 million pounds. Um, Real Madrid are not interested in player swaps. They're not interested in any of that. They want the money, uh, whether we can do some sort of a uh, deal and come to some sort of agreement that leads to that being paid in instalments with a large proportion paid up front as a deposit. I don't know, but we'd imagine that Real Madrid are looking for around about the 40 to 42 million pounds mark for Martin Odegaard. And if there is a possibility to get this deal done, Arsenal will go for it. Arsenal are very, very keen on the player, always have been. He didn't necessarily kind of convince all of the supporters during his time here on loan. But I think within the club, there is a really positive feeling about Martin Odegaard. And he is somebody that they've had their eye on all summer long. Um, I would be a big fan of this uh, or hugely in favour, I should probably say, of this signing. He's a player I really, really like and a player I think would add uh, a lot to the squad. He's obviously still very young as well, has an incredibly high ceiling and fits into that profile of player, doesn't he, that Arsenal uh, are looking for this summer or looking to add. So Martin Odegaard, the idea of him coming to Arsenal, not quite dead just yet. And with the James Madison talks not really progressing with it, seeming as though Arsenal are unwilling or unable, don't know which one it is, uh, to really push and give Leicester City what it is they're looking for, which is, of course, in excess of six. £60 million. Pounds. This feels like a good alternative for us fans, but be clear about the fact that in the club's eyes, Martin Odegaard was always and has always been the number one target in that central attacking midfield position. So there's a good chance that you could see Arsenal push that one through between now and when the window uh, slams shut. Um, moving on, Arsenal have uh, opened informal talks uh, this according to a Portuguese journalist over Bernardo Silva, Mikel Arteta, using his contacts with Manchester City, the strong relationship that he holds with the club and, of course, the player. to so just put out the feelers at the moment and understand exactly what it would take for Manchester City to part ways with the creative midfielder. Now, we touched on this story a couple of days ago. I told you guys that, in my opinion, Bernardo Silva didn't have his greatest campaign last time around. But for me, he's still a top, top quality player. And I think he's someone that would add a lot to the Arsenal squad. 
problem with uh, Bernardo Silva, given the contract he's he's going to be on at Manchester City, is is going to be a bigger investment in terms of uh, wages, in terms of salary. It's going to be a big investment in terms of the transfer fee. I'm sure with Manchester City not necessarily being in a position whereby they have to sell uh, Manchester City financially very very strong and very secure, and so that would mean that we're going to have to really probably push the boat out if Bernardo Silva is an option. But the advantages to Bernardo Silva over some of the other options that we've spoken about is that he is Premier League proven. I know to a lot of people that's a big deal. He has shown in the Premier League that he can play at the highest level. Um, You'd imagine that with Mikel Arteta modelling a lot of his kind of philosophies and style of play um, and ideas around that style that he obviously learnt and help to develop as well under Pep Guardiola. Uh, you do feel like he would be probably a good fit, but this one financially feels like it's going to be a difficult deal to do. But according to these reports coming out of Portugal, Mikel Arteta has been utilising his relationship with Real Madrid, uh, with Real Madrid, with Manchester City, sorry, to at least put the feelers out and find out exactly what the situation is with regards to Bernardo Silva. Not sure this one will happen. Uh, I think it's nowhere near as likely as Martin Odegaard returning to the club, but it's interesting that Arsenal are making inquiries about this. So it's clear that Arsenal do have uh, a real sort of ambition between now and the end of the window to bring in a creative midfield player. And the thing with Bernardo... um, and, and probably with Martin Odegaard as well, is that you could play either of those players from the right. You wouldn't mind slotting them in from the left. They can play centrally. Whereas with James Madison, I'm not sure that he can play from either side any, as well anyway as he plays through the middle. And I think what Arsenal uh, are probably thinking about, I'm not saying that this is why they would pick those two guys over Madison. Obviously, the, the transfer fee is, is a big issue. But I think that you want that bit of, Uh, you know, fluidity in the front three behind the striker. You want that uh, ability to kind of interchange positions and really throw your opponents off. And I think that you'd get that out of Martin Odegaard and you'd get that out of Bernardo Silva, probably more so than you would uh, from James Madison. It's not to knock James Madison. It's not to say that I don't want him at Arsenal Football Club. I'm just trying to think of some of the reasons why Odegaard and Bernardo Silva even uh, might be, uh, you know, I'm not going to say better options, but more. I don't know, they're more affordable, but they also have other advantages, don't they? Also, Bernardo Silva, remember, is 27 years old. And I know he's been there, done it, proven it, worn the T-shirt, et cetera, et cetera. But it would be kind of outside of what Arsenal are trying to do in terms of the way they're building this squad up, which is by bringing in players of a certain age profile uh, to try and help us kick on and hopefully make us a strong unit. Uh, for a number of seasons moving forward. In other news, Matt Ryan has lifted the lid on why he left Arsenal. Now, of course, Matt Ryan, the Australian goalkeeper, was on loan from Brighton and Hove Albion at the back end of last season. And a lot of Arsenal fans were quite keen to see him stay on. We were discussing the need for a goalkeeper. We've been discussing it all summer. And Matt Ryan feels like that perfect goalkeeper in terms of someone who uh, is just in that sweet spot of being good enough to be relied upon and to play a run of games, but is also, I'm not going to say happy or willing, but 
is in a place where he's accepting, I guess, of the fact that he'd probably be the number two. And uh, and I think Matt Ryan was quite open to staying. Now, Matt Ryan was speaking to James Dodd of Fox Sports uh, over a Zoom call, and James Dodd has reported this uh, via social media. He says that Matt Ryan had discussed why he left uh, uh, why he left Arsenal, why that deal didn't become permanent. And what he's had to say is this. He says that there were discussions that his people contacted Arsenal uh, about the possibility of him staying on and that they got the impression from Arsenal that he was, and I quote, not at the top of their list and that they would prefer a homegrown goalkeeper. So that kind of points elsewhere, doesn't it? And it points to Aaron Ramsdale. And that brings me on to that story uh, very nicely. Aaron Ramsdale not included for Sheffield United in their Carabao Cup tie, uh, which they played last night. Now, Jokanovic, the Sheffield United manager, has insisted that a potential move away has nothing to do with it, that he needed to have a look at other goalkeepers because the possibility of Ramsdale leaving is there and he needs to be sure about what he's got in the ranks. So interesting. Uh, Charles Watts put out a video earlier on today where he talked about the fact that Ramsdale, even if he was cup tied, it probably wouldn't be a deal breaker. And I agree with that. I don't think Arsenal would, you know, turn their attentions away from a priority target because he was cup tied in the Carabao Cup. But just interesting uh, to see that Matt, uh, that Aaron Ramsdale uh, wasn't included in that side that played for Sheffield United last night. Another player that Arsenal are being linked with is Bayern Munich's Corentin Tolisso. Now, the Frenchman uh, is uh, said to have attracted interest from Arsenal and Manchester United. He's a World Cup winner, Champions League winner, 27 years old. He's got 27 caps for the French national side under his belt. Now, according to Transfermarkt, Corentin Tolisso's market value is around about £18 million. But it's said, and this is according to L'Equipe, that Bayern Munich would consider anything around the €10 million Euro mark to move the player on. Now, I'm not a massive fan of, of this idea, not because I don't rate Corentin Tolisso as a good player. He plays for a very strong side. Uh, he's done it at international level. He's done it at club level. My big, big worry with regards to Corentin Tolisso is his fitness issues. Now, last season alone, Corentin Tolisso broke down one, two, three, four times, and all of those were muscular injuries. He missed 82 days due to a torn tendon, which means he missed, he missed 15 games. He missed, um, he missed uh, four games due to another muscular injury, not specified. Uh, he missed two games elsewhere and two games uh, on another occasion as well. So in total, Corentin Tolisso missed uh, 19, 21, 23 games for Bayern Munich. And that is too much. You know, we're already in a place where we've got some really, really important players within our squad. Martin Odegaard, Thomas Partey, who I've got worries about fitness-wise, even to a degree, Emil Smith-Rowe, who broke down uh, on a number of occasions last season. I think for me, we've got to steer clear of that type of player. Now, I know you never really know for sure. You look at Thomas Partey, had a, a sublime injury record during his time at Atletico Madrid, has come to the Emirates, and uh, it's been a bit of a, uh, a calamity in that sense, a bit of an accident waiting to happen in terms of his fitness. So I know you never really can be sure, but why would you put yourself in that position uh, of such big risk on a player because we really can't afford for too many injuries to key players. Again, it was a big part of why we finished where we did last season. A lot of people will not agree with that, but 
it was, you know, it did play a part. Uh, missing Thomas Partey for long periods, missing Kieran Tierney, the issues with Aubameyang, all of that really disrupted Arsenal's season last time around. And so I wouldn't be risking signing a player who has the potential, based on his history, to come in and be exactly the same. So I'm not a big fan of the Corentin Tolisso idea. I've got to be completely honest. Uh, the other bit of update that I wanted to bring you is on Tammy Abraham. Uh, Roma representatives are said to be coming over to London to discuss that. But Tammy Abraham has apparently asked for a couple of days to consider whether he wants to move to Rome or not. TalkSport reported yesterday that he's agreed personal terms with Arsenal, but no fee has been agreed between Arsenal and Chelsea, which is obviously a big problem. Um, Tammy Abraham's preference, from what we understand, is not to leave England and go to Italy, but he may have to do that uh, because I don't think Chelsea are very open and, and warm to the idea of selling a player to Arsenal, of strengthening Arsenal uh, as such. And so he may have no choice if he wants to play football. He may well have to go over to Serie A. But interesting that Tammy Abraham's asked for a couple of days to mull over the idea. But Roma are said to be giving him until the weekend before they move on and turn their attention elsewhere. Because, of course, Edin Dzeko is very close to leaving the club. He's going to join Inter, uh, from what it seems, part of the uh, scheme to replace Romelu Lukaku, who is Chelsea-bound. Uh, right, that wraps up and concludes, I guess, uh, all of the transfer updates that we've got for you this afternoon. Uh, as I said, we'll be bringing you another show a little bit later on today. And if anything breaks in the meantime, we'll be sure uh, to bring that up and to touch on that. Um, just a quick reminder that this podcast is brought to you by the guys over at manscaped.com. Uh, so for all your male grooming needs, if you want to get that nether region sorted, now that the sun's back out and shining, you might be going on a date, you never know. It might go better than you planned. And if so, you'll wish you Manscaped. I can assure you, your partners will thank me. Check it out, manscaped.com. Check out the Lawnmower 4.0. Fantastic product, anti-cut technology, which is exactly what you need when tackling uh, that very, very sensitive area. But check them out, manscaped.com. And if you enter our discount code 90min20, you'll receive 20% off of your total order as well as free shipping. So you stand to save yourself a fair chunk of money. Right, get some of those questions in the chat box. Uh, would love to... Uh, hear from you guys and I'd love to get um uh you know to get discussing uh some of your thoughts as well on the subjects discussed uh don't forget if you haven't already hit that like button please please do so if you haven't subscribed to the channel already what are you waiting for uh, there is over 250 of you watching us across the multiple platforms right now but we only have 52 likes on the board we should be able to get that up to 100 sooner rather than later so like 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 it doesn't cost a thing i promise you uh, right let's uh, go over to these questions and see what it is that you guys are saying. Um, just a comment on on Martin Odegaard here from Nicholas Deva, who says, uh, Odegaard is seriously underrated by Arsenal fans. He hadn't played during the autumn season. And after starting great in Arsenal, he had that injury during an international break. I, I completely agree. Um, I do think he's had a bit of a rough ride with some Arsenal fans. I'm not really sure why. Um, if I'm being completely honest, uh, let's take this one from uh, Biswajit Chowdhury, who says, what's your take on Ainsley Maitland-Niles? Do you think he has a future at Arsenal? If yes, do you think he's a centre midfielder or a right back option? I've had my say on, on Maitland-Niles quite a few times over the last sort of 12 months, and, and my opinion of the player hasn't really changed. I think he's a competent player. I don't think he's 
outstanding. But I think what makes Ainsley Maitland-Niles a very, very useful player to have in and around your squad is because of the fact that he is so versatile. I think his versatility is key and it makes him uh, a very you know, important person to keep around. I've always maintained that if the money's right, I would take it. Uh, obviously, Ainsley Maitland-Niles has aspirations of playing in midfield, but I don't think he succeeds at Arsenal in that area of the pitch. I've never seen anything from Maitland-Niles in midfield on, granted, the handful of opportunities that he's had to suggest that that is his position. I think Maitland-Niles is a right-back, right-wing-back, um, you know, left-back, left-wing-back, or even as a makeshift midfielder, kind of last resort midfielder, is is someone that you should probably keep around if you can. But Ainsley Maitland-Niles, for me, is the one that holds all the cards here. If he's happy to play that kind of utility man role uh, and stay at a bigger football club, then I think that Mikel Arteta would have him. And I think that Arsenal fans would be quite pleased to have him. But if he is really insistent and desperate to play in the centre of midfield. I, ca I can't see how he has a future at Arsenal. So if the player's open to it, then I'd keep him and I'd keep him in that position. Um, and I'd keep him as someone that can bolster the squad and come in and fill in holes when we need him to. But if he, as I say, is, is so desperate to play in the centre of midfield, I don't think he has a future here and I'd be looking to move him on. So for me, uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles holds all of the cards here. Derek says, why are we not going for Lautaro Martinez? We need to get him before Tottenham. Well, this one is clear for me, Derek. Arsenal can't go for Lautaro Martinez because Arsenal don't have the funds. Arsenal don't have the money to address the other areas that they need to, as well as going after Lautaro Martinez. Now, Tottenham are said to have an interest in the player, and I guess they're probably already putting things in order in the event that they do sell Harry Kane, in which case they will have the funds to go after Lautaro. But for me, it's a simple one here. Arsenal can't bring in a high-value striker, whether that be Tammy Abraham or Lautaro Martinez, until they move one on. And with no offers currently on the table for Alexander Lacazette, nothing we're aware of anyway, and nothing really significant, then it does feel like Arsenal are a little bit stuck here. I've talked about it before. It's a bit like how we are at the right back position where we're too overstocked. And now we, we really do need to move people on in order to be able to refresh those areas. Uh, let's see what else uh, we've got here in terms of your comments. Uh, Mr. Joe Kerr says, Harry, with the primary targets we're being linked to with 14 days left, do you see these players bringing us forward and back to where we should be? It's not just the profile but intention of the ins. Um, I guess for me, I think what you've got to remember is that Arsenal last season, as I said on the pod yesterday, which you can check out, by the way, I had a little bit of a, a rant and a kind of monologue on the on Arsenal situation and why we can't really uh, compete, if we're being honest and realistic, with the likes of City, Chelsea and United at this moment in time. But one of the things I, I do feel has been overlooked a lot this summer was how much better we were in the second half of last season. I know I keep beating that drum, but if Arsenal can continue that level of performance, which still not where we want it to be, but it was better, wasn't it, than what we saw in the first half, then there's no reason why Arsenal can't challenge, um, you know, for the top four and, and, and at minimum pull off a top six finish. But you look at some of the players that we've been linked with now, you, you talk about, sort of Martin Odegaard. I think one of the reasons why I am a bit worried now is because we lost him and we didn't improve. Um, you know, we haven't replaced him 
going into this summer so far. We lost Danny Ceballos, but we've brought in Sambi Lokonga, who I think is probably, in my opinion, as good as Ceballos and has the potential to be better. So I think that was a good move. One of the big problems we had last season was the lack of a left back uh, to cover Kieran Tierney in the event he was unfit. And we brought in Nuno Tavares. It'll be it will be typical now, wouldn't it? If now that we've bought Nuno Tavares, Kieran Tierney stays fit. I hope he does. But, it, you know, at the time we needed him to, he couldn't. Um, you know, we've brought in Ben White to replace David Luiz. And I just think that the squad may not be massively better on paper if we get these players in that we're talking about. But you've also got to consider the fact that we were moving forward a little bit under Mikel Arteta. We were uh, looking at Emil Smith-Rowe and Bukayo Saka, looking at those guys being better next season, obviously with a bit more development. You're looking at Nicola Pepe, if he can continue the form he showed in the second half of last season into the new season. That's a big boost as well. Gabriel Martinelli will be fit from the start this time around as well. So there are internal reasons to be a little bit more optimistic. But you always have to cap that with a realistic level of expectation. And for me, the realistic level of expectation is challenge for the top four. It's not definitely 100% get in there. I'd love us to, but there are other sides around us that will be thinking the same. So it's not that easy and it's not that straightforward. A top six finish for me, as I've said, would be a good season. And I think that if we do get Martin Odegaard in and a goalkeeper in, I'm not sure I would break the bank for Aaron Ramsdale. I've got to be honest. But if we do get those players in, then I think that we are in a better place as a squad. But right now we're not because we haven't got those players in. So the next couple of weeks are going to be really key and crucial for me. Uh, let's take what else uh, we've got here. Um, let's take this one from uh, Robert Segal, who says, being overstocked demonstrates shit business from Edu signing Cedric on another ridiculous contract. Kia Drabshan had far too much influence. Yeah, um, you know, that's a fair point. But you've also got to consider that Hector Bayerin wanted to go last summer. So that would have been in Arsenal's minds. Callum Chambers was out injured at the time and we didn't know really to what level he was going to come back to. And I think he's pleasantly surprised the staff and Mikel Arteta which is why he's in contention. And I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles is one that Arsenal could still let go between now and the end of the window. Cedric is is being chased by uh, Fenerbahce in Turkey, and there's a possibility that that deal might be pushed through for Arsenal as they are overstocked in that position, as we said. Uh, also, while I'm on the subject of fullbacks, before I forget, Sir Kalasinac is being chased by a couple of clubs as well. Fenerbahce and Lazio said to be monitoring his situation. And although... Uh, he is under contract. Arsenal would be willing, and, and the quote used was uh, to accept a minuscule fee to see him move on. So we could see him depart as well. But yeah, look, some of the business in the past hasn't been great. We know that. That's why we're in the position that we're in now. I think most of Mikel Arteta's business, not all of it, but most of it has been okay. And that's why I haven't completely lost faith yet. Um, but look, without that huge investment that the other clubs have, that the other clubs seemingly get every single summer, you've got to temper those expectations. But you're right. There has been some bad moves in the transfer market. Um, but at least with a bad move like Cedric, he's on a decent contract. But it didn't cost us, uh, you know, big time in terms of a transfer fee. And that's where you kind of. I'm not saying you you can afford to make those mistakes, but you've got a little bit more leeway because you haven't forked out uh, a ridiculous amount of money to get the player in the door in the first place. And that's why when people lose their minds over Willian, which obviously I'm 
disappointed and frustrated about. I don't really see that as the reason that Arsenal can't move forward because it is a, a contract that's a little bit heavy, of course, but it was a free transfer again. So I think we've got to look at some of the big transfers we've done that haven't worked out at first before we look at some of the maybe less uh, high value deals that have, are obviously uh, proving to be a little bit, I don't want to say, I don't want to say they're holding us back, but deals that have left us in a bit of a tricky situation or a little bit overstocked, as you say there. Uh, Christian says, hi, Harry. It's obvious that we want James Madison, considering that he would cost us about 65 million. Wouldn't it be better to buy three or four players with that money instead? Uh, for example, Awa, a striker, right back and a centre midfielder. I've always said this, Christian. I, I understand that notion. You know, you'd like to see Arsenal strengthen in as many positions as possible. But for me, part of the reason why we're in this position now is because we've done exactly that. We've bought players who are decent or look like they're going to be decent in certain positions for amounts of money that they just never justified. And, and I would rather Arsenal went and bought two players between now and the end of the window, i.e. an attacking midfielder and a, and a goalkeeper, sorry. I'd rather Arsenal done those two bits of business but did them properly then tried to patch up with four or five incomings in the space of a couple of weeks. So that's where I stand on it. Uh, but I, I get what you mean and I get what you're saying. You know, there are cheaper alternatives that might improve the team. But if we want to really improve it to the level that we need to improve it to and we really want to push forward with the right profile of players, young players, it's clear uh, that we need some homegrown players in there as well, then I think we, we're better off doing less business and better business then kind of trying to spread ourselves too thin with regards to the transfer budget and not really addressing issues uh, that we currently have for the longer term. So that's my uh, view on it. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, let's take uh, say a big hello to David Olatunji for your kind words. Thank you uh, so much, mate. Um, few of you talking about uh, yesterday's video and and I've received an incredible amount of, of comments and DMs and stuff off the back of that video. So please uh, do check it out if you haven't done so already. If you're an audio listener, it's the last episode in the feed. Uh, it's about how Arsenal's poor planning uh, could end up seeing us fall further behind the big spenders, a bit about why we can't even hope to compete with those big spenders until things change dramatically at the top of Arsenal Football Club. And uh, yeah, uh, I thought it was a subject that needed to be addressed given the noise that is around the football club at the moment and all the kind of anger and disappointment towards what Arsenal have done in terms of this transfer window so far. And listen, um, I am, you know, I am, uh, I'm not happy with where we are. Of course I'm not, but I also think it's worth looking at the wider picture and why we are where we are and, and making sure that that anger, disappointment, frustration is directed in the right places. Uh, Nathan Hunt says, Lee, Gun Lee Gunner says, you chat shit. What, did he actually say that on a stream? Or are you just uh, on a wind-up? Um, anyway, I, I couldn't care less, uh, to be honest. And I don't even know that he said it, but if he did, uh, I don't really care. Uh, let's move on. Walad says, uh, Harry, hear me now. Quote me later. Martin Odegaard is not the guy we need. I would rather take Bernardo Silva or James Madison. Uh, Said Abdullah says, who's the players you expect to be sold by the end of the window? Uh, I expect the Joe Willock deal to be completed. I expect Eddie Nketiah to leave the club. I think one of our right backs will move on. I don't know who it will be yet. It could be Cedric. Uh, it could be Maitland-Niles. 
if you want to class him as a right back. Uh, I'm not sure that we're going to get the offer we want for Hector Bellerin. I'm not sure if the club will give in towards the end of the window and push him out on loan. It's it's a hard one to kind of get a read on because we thought that that might be the case. I said before that I felt that if it came, you know, push came to shove, Arsenal would probably do right by the player in terms of the fact that he did ask to leave last season. He was told to stay and promised that he'd be able to leave this time around. I wondered if the club would swallow that one a little bit, swallow the loss and move him on. But then to see him starting in the last preseason friendly suggests that he's in contention to start on Friday, which means he's the first choice right back, which means you can't afford to do that. So I'm, I'm struggling to get a read on that Hector Bellerin situation, I've got to say. Uh, let's see what else uh, we've got. Uh, big hello to Wandering Minstrel as well. Hope you're good, man. Enjoying the show. Uh, let's see what else we've got in this uh, live chat box. Big hello to M.E. Uh, Jean René says, would love you to have a podcast with Turkish. I'm sure that can be arranged. I'm sure I can uh, reach out to him and get that sorted. I'm sure he'll be happy uh, to do it. Um David Olatunji says, Harry, do you think the reason why the players play badly is because there's too much negativity uh, at this club? I don't think it's the reason the players play badly. I think they're professionals and they've got to rise above that. But I don't think it helps. I don't think it helps that whenever Arsenal lose a game, we're all on the players. We're all on social media and there are people that take it too far. I don't think it helps. A lot of players will tell you that they don't read social media comments, that they don't read the papers, they don't listen to the radio, they don't watch it, Sky Sports, etc. It's nonsense. They do. They're all uh, of a generation, of an age nowadays, where they do have access to all of that stuff by literally just picking up their phone. And, and I'm sure they are aware of the criticism that comes their way. I think criticism in a constructive and fair way is okay. And I think a lot of players can take that and learn from it. Um, you know, obviously they'll listen to the coaches and the people that are tasked with developing them first and foremost. And that's the right way to go about it rather than every fan sort of out there who has their own kind of two pence to throw in. But it doesn't help. You know, it doesn't help. I think it adds an unnecessary pressure. I think that I've been at games in the past where the crowd being behind the team has helped the team produce that extra 10, 20% and has seen us get over the line. I don't think the negativity, especially within the stadium, is helpful. And it is one of the things that if I could change about Arsenal, I would, because I've been to games where I've looked around me and I've been frustrated by the way people have reacted to a misplaced pass or an individual mistake. And then I've been to other grounds where you've seen a similar thing and the crowd's roar has, you know, come into play as soon as they've conceded a goal, as if to say, come on, lads, we're behind you. Let's get back into this. So I'd like to see a little bit more positivity around the Emirates Stadium. I think on social media as well, it's important. But I think inside the stadium in particular, it's really important because that is going directly to the players. It is fueling them. It is feeding them either in a positive or a negative way. So I don't think it helps. I've got to be honest. Let's take this one uh, from the uh, Gunas Onyx Lens. He says, would you take Tammy? I'm not sure that's an upgrade on Lacquer. Might as well focus on other areas. I like Tammy because of the fact that he is different to the strikers that we have. And I'm interested to see what a striker of his ilk would bring to this current system. 
But I'm not sure he's a big upgrade on Alexander Lacazette. And I'm not sure that we should be breaking the bank for him. And it feels like at this moment in time, that's the only way we're going to prize him away from Chelsea. They're not open at this moment in time to move him to Arsenal. They want to send him abroad, understandably so. And so, as I've always said, if you really want to persuade someone to sell, you have to go big, you have to go over the top and you have to give them a kind of offer that they can't refuse. And I don't think that we should be doing that when there are other areas that are more of a priority for me this summer. Let's see. Um, uh, what's what else have we got? Uh, Trace Linton says that 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 comment that was put up earlier with regards to Lee Gunner wasn't said. If fair enough, and as I said to you, um, I've had conversations with Lee Gunner in the past. I haven't got a problem with him. Uh, from what I know, he hasn't got a problem with me. We have different views, and that's fine. He does what he does. I do what I do, and and that's cool. Um, but yeah, like, don't try and stir stuff up in the chat if it never happened. I haven't seen any of his videos uh, in a little while, so I don't know uh, whether he did or not. But I'm, I'm guessing he didn't based on that comment. And if he didn't, fair enough. Who cares? Let's move on. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, that's a few uh, decent questions. Let's take some of them. Carrie, uh, one of our members, says, do you like the third kit? Um, yeah, I do actually. I might buy that one. I do like it. Uh, I'm not really that big of a fan of the home one this season, but the away one, the yellow one, I've already got it. Absolutely love that one. And I quite like the blue one as well. It's something different. So I think I might have to uh, put my uh, put my hand in my pocket for that one, for sure. Uh, what else have we got? Steve Bandit says, do you think all of this points to a last day transfer scramble? Quite possibly, mate. Uh, quite possibly could end up that way, couldn't it? Uh, we're expecting a busy one. Ben Turner says, what's your take on Awahari? Was uh, a big fee last summer with lots of interest this summer at a cut price and nothing uh, seemingly. Yeah, Leon, we know, are not in a great position financially, which is why they are quite keen uh, to uh, to cash in on somebody. It could be Bruno Guimaraes. It could be uh, Hussein Awah. I think for me, if Arsenal's interest in Hussein Moir last summer was as big as we were led to believe, I find it baffling why they haven't gone back now, considering that he's supposedly available for half the price. Is it that they weren't that interested in the first place or is it that they've watched him last season and maybe changed their minds on him? I don't know. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it, that we've gone from being massively uh, in on him to now not being sure and not wanting to take advantage, seemingly, of a really good opportunity in terms of what he's available for. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Ekene says, I would like to see Harry read more positive comments. Uh, Harry, negativity is easy to pick up. You're an evidence that YouTube channels are easily built up on negativity. I don't think I only read the negative comments. I think I pick uh, a, a variety of comments. But look, the if I've got the same view as someone who's putting a comment in the chat box, then we can't really have a discussion and a debate about it, can we? That's why I pick up a lot of the time comments that are different to mine so that we can have a chat about it. If we're just going to, if I'm going to read comments that just repeat what I say, then I think people would get quite bored of that, if I'm honest. Uh, but Fair play. All feedback is, of course, taken on board. Uh, Cole J says, Harry, do you think that prior to signing to Barcelona guard on loans, the club thought about a contingency plan for when they ended? I really hope we don't go down the loan route anymore. Yeah, look, the loan route is is not ideal. I think Arsenal saw an opportunity to keep hold of Ceballos for another season and to bring Odegaard in because we were in the height of the pandemic. And you'd like to think uh, that we are 
over the line there that we are uh, in terms of not having to worry so much about that. It feels like we're not coming out of the pandemic because there's still a long way to go. And I'm not even sure that COVID is ever going to really fully go away. But we're in a place now where we can be a little bit more confident about what the new season is going to bring. And that should bring more confidence from the club in terms of the investments they're going to make. I think loans can be useful in a time where you are struggling and a time where finances is not very kind of um, very available in the transfer market. And so I'm not against the idea if it strengthens us in the short term, but I do think Arsenal need to be building for the longer term. Now, it could we could find ourselves in a place, though, uh, towards the end of um towards the end of the transfer window where we've got no choice really, but to just do whatever we need to do uh, to get ourselves over the line and and put a squad in place that is capable of achieving the targets that we set at the start of the campaign. Right. Uh, I think we are going to leave it there. In fact, I'm going to take one more actually, sorry, before I do that uh, from Christian, because I've seen this one pop up a couple of times and I kept missing it. Uh, Christian says, Harry, how important do you think a very solid win and a positive performance is for the club and fans on Friday as well as going forward? Yeah, it's massive because you can just imagine already what the response is going to be if we get beat by a newly promoted side and the performance is no good on the opening game of the season. Bearing in mind as well that we then take on Chelsea and Manchester City, two sides that I expect we're going to have a really hard time against. That only, um, you know, that only adds to the pressure on Mikel Arteta. And I think, look, Mikel Arteta has to be under pressure this season. There's no getting away from that. But to be under pressure two, three games in, it's just, it's a little bit OTT for me because you need to give him a period of time to show whether this team has moved forward. I'd say that we can look at it after 10 games maybe and, and, and try and gauge an understanding of where we are. Um, but yeah, let's see. Let's see. Uh, what else have we got uh, in the chat box? I'll take this. Uh, I said I was going to take that one as the last one. I'm going to take one more from one of our members, Raptors Gunning. says, Harry, who would the club most likely sign? I wish I could answer that, my friend, but I really don't know. I feel like the Martin Odegaard thing is still alive. I've said that throughout the window, and I think that we might well end up with the Norwegian uh, re-signing for the club. Uh, for the coming season in order to provide some creative support to the likes of Emil Smith, Robokai Osaka, etc., etc. Let's quickly check in where we are in terms of the likes before I let you guys go. And remember, this is the first of a number of live streams coming your way today. Uh, let's have a look. There's 438 of you watching on YouTube alone right now. So there's no reason why we can't get up to as close to 200 likes as possible. Come on, guys, hit the like button. Uh, that really, really does help the channel. Uh, subscribe if you're new. We're hoping to get to 15K. I don't know if we're there yet. A couple of you comments in the chat are making me feel like we are. If so uh, I want to do a massive thank you a uh, little bit on the next podcast where I'm prepared for it. So uh, thanks if we're there, but we're going to come uh, onto it. Uh, in a little bit more detail a little bit later on today. Uh, also, let me know in the chat box where you are listening from or viewing us from. I want to give you guys a shout out before we lock off. Um, so yeah, pop it in the chat right now. Quick reminder, also check out our sponsors, manscaped.com for all your male grooming needs. It would uh, really, really help us if uh, you help Manscaped, only if you need it, of course. Uh, but do check it out and enter our discount code. Uh, that's rolling across the bottom of the screen 
19min20, you'll get 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. As always, we thank them for their kind sponsorship. If you'd like to become a member of the Chronicles of Aguna family and have access to our Discord server, as well as some exclusive content, which is starting kicking off this Friday after the Brentford game, then please do click on the link in the description. Check out our membership proposal. And if you wish, you can sign up. Uh, right. Let's say uh, some hellos and some shout outs. Uh, to those of you right across the globe at the moment tuned in, let's say hello to Lijo uh, Jacob, who joins us from Dubai. Said is in Kuwait. Uh, KB is in Nigeria. Um, we've got Melchi in Sydney. Uh, we've got... Uh, what else have we got? We've got loads coming through. Chat's just updating. Bear with me. Uh, Matt Beaumont, the Nottingham Guna. How you doing, mate? Um, big shout out to you. Sabari's in Nigeria. Uh, as well, Lewis Cooper's in Preston, Lancashire. We've got Jean Rene in Belgium. Uh, we have got uh, back to the topics in Bangkok. We've got Damien in West London. Uh, Jonas uh, Jacobson is in the Faroe Islands. Uh, Wandering Minstrel is in the Costa del North London. Uh, good work. Uh, Guna Legend is in Braintree, Essex. We've got Mark in Kent. Uh, Christoph in New York. We've got Daniel from Singapore. Uh, who is a, a regular listener. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, we've got London, Canada. We've got US. We've got Northern Ireland. We've got Ben Turner, who's on holiday in Bali. On holiday, and he's still tuning into the Chronicles of Aguna. Thank you so much. Uh, we've got Bird in Denmark. We've got Roshan in India. And we've got Christian in Clearwater, Florida. Well, we're going to leave it there. Big thank you to every single one of you for tuning in. As always, we'll be back later on with more Arsenal talk. Until next time, take care. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.